Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Orson Wells and I shall be taking you through <laughs> the deep, dark mysteries of the world of professional women's cycling. Joining me I... as always on this mysterious journey. <laughs> too much? Too much? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you could sound less like Orson Wells if you tried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest. But it would be a struggle. I wasn't trying that hard. Like, it was pretty ridiculous, so. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome. Um, It's going to be a bit of a weird show because we're sort of in pre-Olympic mode and it's like. This... <gasps> I'm so excited. Sarah's so excited and I'm all like, I'm eh, so fuck excited. the Olympics, but also I'm excited. So, you know, it's um it's gonna and then there's also been a bunch of weird shit this week so um there's stuff anyway my I name is Dan, hey, hey, and with me as always is my I did... mate sarah hi sarah hi you commentated a race this week <laughs> on the bbc website oh my god which is almost like on the bbc radio which is almost like on the bbc tv or as the rest of the world calls it the real bbc <laughs> I did Prudential. Oh, sorry, it's Prudential Ride London Classic. <laughs> I can't stand the term classic. It just like it just. Does, ah, does, it, does it make you feel like? Does it make you feel like you lost like a new hundred years war or something? And this was part of the peace treaty. Was that you had to call all your races classics? <laughs> no, 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 no. It felt like it felt like I, it felt like I did when I um when I when I looked at when I look on a on a website and they've got like men's cycling kits and then the women's cycling kit is all pink with flowers <laughs> which you know every now and again i've got some very good friends on twitter who i love very dearly but one of the things people do every now and again is we swap a terrible marketing you know terrible marketing to women and b terrible bike kits like you know photos where they where they sell bike kits yeah. with um you know but with a woman like wearing a stilettos <laughs> Anyway, there was a bike kit. I think it's called Naked. I don't even know what it's called. But anyway, the, the banner page was a naked woman holding a bike. And then it had like, the, and then the banner for the, I'm like, oh, maybe I could forgive them. Maybe that's just like a thing. And then I clicked onto the shop banner and the shop banner was a, you know, like a window letterbox, a letterbox crop of a photo. Yeah. Where they've cropped from the nose down. <laughs> so that you could see, so see like the red red smiling lips and then the middle was just cleavage oh my god and with them like sitting around with their legs open oh this is, but, this the worst, is... But, but the worst thing was even more offensive than that was the pictures where they took of people actually you know standing in the kit the kit didn't fit the models oh my god it's awesome everything so, about so that story you, is awful so thank, that's how you feel thank you to lois thank you to lois claude and i who sends me things like that ah. because i really really enjoy it and if you dear listener ever see terrible terrible cycling kit or marketing that makes you laugh send it to me at underscore pigeons underscore because i promise i'll laugh and get back to you and don't send it to me please i beg you don't um but so that's what you equate with the word classic okay yeah, oh. yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, so basically, it's called the Classique because there's the London, the the Prudential Ride London is this amazing, incredible, wonderful festival of cycling, like just wonderful. In that you get, you know, you start walking through London. There's this enormous um, free cycle, which basically pedestrianises, well, cycle, you know, cuts off some major, major roads in London 
to cycle. I think the free cycle course this year was 10 kilometres long and it's like around Buckingham Palace, St James's Park, Houses of Parliament, Trafalgar Square. It goes over to the city by Inns Courts, you know, like uh, over along the embankment, over Waterloo Bridge and back, you know. Right. Absolutely. So basically, basically you can ride laps and, you know, Prince Philip will be like, oh, what? Get off my croquet lawn and the corgis will chase your bike for a bit and and stuff like that. Good. You remember our old game of trying to break each other? Yeah. <laughs> Score another point for me. Yeah, have you got have you got the scoreboard? Sorry, sister. <laughs> yes, it's one nil. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but and, and there's this big festival of things in Green Park. So you, you know you go on the bike ride and you and, and they started this year. They've extended it to another day. And there was hand cycling and there's um and there's 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 bike races for youth categories there's the brompton world championships which is hilarious like when you're walking through the pits for the brompton world championships it's all how to make it the perfect gin and tonic a free barber service for men um you know fentiman's ginger beer for everyone and lots of people walking around in very dapper clothing um which is weird um but the thing is it's, it's also got this enormous sportif the london surrey classic which uses roads used in the um the London Surrey Classic is the road race, the men's road race. Um, and that uses the same, you know, roads from the 2012 Olympics. Yep. And then in the morning before that, there's huge sportifs, the, the Surrey 100, the London Surrey 100, and then a 46 mile one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I, I feel conflicted about these things because on the one hand, it's an amazing event. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. On the other hand, the women don't get to race the you know the the iconic course the hills of surrey the the the, the box hill zigzags and that frustrates me yeah well particularly On... because you know for me there's a real frustration in that the the 2012 london olympic road race was a fucking spectacular race and oh, so, so not being able to relive that even a little bit is kind of very disappointing however and we said this, we're not going to don't dear listener if you listen to us regularly don't oh god they're going to be doing this for half an hour we're not i promise i get onto it just say one more thing but there is something <laughs> incredible about being able to see the women race i mean they they, they normally it's the course has been in the last couple three years the course has been just a little four corner race around st james's park this year they added in some crazy things two u-turns one at the bottom of constitution hill badly named it's flat the other on the strand it had some epic places around and it was a beautiful race and it has massive 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 crowds and you get to race in one of the best cities in the world you know like like just just beautiful um so yeah i'm, so... I'm sorry i thought you said it was in london two nil <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're not giving out your tinder profile to everyone so you know just just you watch your yeah, just you watch your profile so oh shit <laughs> Fuck, that's, that's even worse. Oh, I'll give out all your others. No, so you'll you... make one is the problem. Jesus. Oh, I'd be so good at it. No, you would not. Dear listener, if you want to make a, a, a dating profile um, description for Dan, send it to me at underscore pigeons underscore. I'll leave it on a on a, on a a post on our website, prowomenscycling.com. Because I Dear think listener, we can do if you try together. that shit on, I, I am very good friends with Liam Neeson. He has a particular set of skills. 
that he's acquired over many years. He's an actor, Dan. And if you do that, he will find you. And he... this, this, actually, this actually sounds benefit. What, you mean a movie star will come to my house for tea? That's marvellous. Right. Anyway. And he will so, kill you. So, so, yeah. so anyway, so I commentated and it's, I, I, commentating is really, really fun. Like I love it and it's really fun. And I learn every time I do it, I learn and I kind of go, oh shit, halfway through. Yes, I've got to start, you know, you've got to write, what is it that people need to know? But you're so, it's hard in a women's race because in the men's race, there's lots and lots and lots of space where nothing's really happening. You know, nothing's changed. Situation hasn't changed. So you've got a lot of time to kind of, you know, breathe and explain cycling and kind of, you know, talk about what's going on and what might happen. But in the women's race, because it's nonstop attacky, you don't have those periods where, you know, either you have to like just ignore whole attacks and catches and not mention them while they're unfolding on the screen, which is bad. Mm. or you just don't have time to do it it's it's yeah, fa- it's a yeah. fascinating thing to do but you know it's also kind of like okay like i know oh look there's um there's uh anuska costa attacking again she's in a different color kit to her teammates how will people say it so you're like okay there's anuska costa she's wearing the dutch national champions jersey and she's got that long plait hanging down over her shoulder you know yep. there's there's um you know when you're saying oh you know you blah 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 a team you haven't talked about it's Ali Cipollini you can always recognize them in the bunch because they're wearing the fluorescent yellow kit that we can actually see someone wearing on the start finish line that's awesome you know it's it's a kind of interesting thing to 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 do, to do. so yes I enjoyed it if anyone has any questions hit me up about it because yeah all cool. comments or feedback if you if you have any feedback about how I did because I am always always looking for learn and I you know I did eight years in art school so um so she's crits. heard she's heard all the feedback there is. So. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say crits don't don't feel bad about telling me feedback points because crits have no fear for no, me. It's it's true actually. For those who, who may be keen followers of the television show The Simpsons, I mean obviously not Sarah because pop culture is not her thing. Uh, but the the episode when the teachers go on strike and Lisa just desperately needs a grade. Yeah, that's basically how Sarah is with feedback, so <laughs> Yeah. Just like that. Anyway, uh, point being that in London on that day, while you were commentating, there was actually a bike race going on as well. So <laughs> it was an amazing race. It was wonderful. It was very attacky. Um, too short. It's sixty-six kilometers, so kind of too short for people to get away. But I had predicted Kirsten Veal like right from the start. I thought Lucinda Brand could get away and use her technical skills to escape, and she did try, 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 and she picked up the fact. I mean, you know, this is a ridiculous amount of money. They had a hundred thousand euros prize pot, and it was something like five thousand pounds for winning the the um, the sprint immediate jersey, wow. the sprint yeah, jersey, yeah. which Lucinda Brand did by attacking a lot. Fun to see, but she couldn't get away. And I had been saying Kirsten Veeld, Kirsten Veeld, she's the winner. And everyone go, no, but who else? I'm like, no, Kirsten Veeld. <laughs> Um, uh, no, you say the other, you know, other writers like Chloe Hosking, Nina Kirchman, Maria Giulia Confandonieri, Marta Bastianelli, uh, Hannah Barnes, Alice Barnes, Chloe Hosking. I might have said Chloe Hosking twice. Yeah. Um, Roxanne Fournier, and your, and it was. Anyway, there's like no Kirsten Field. So, so throughout the whole race, you've got all these different teams attacking and trying to make moves and chasing and blah 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 blah, and no high tech products at all. Like they just don't appear anywhere. Like, where's Kirsten Field? Kirsten Field is not a rider who sneaks away in the peloton. She's like, she's she's a big, tall rider, so you can generally spot her. But um, yeah, no Kirsten Field. And then on the kind of penultimate lap, you start seeing her teammate, Amelia Moberg, popping up at the front for the first time. It's like, ah, ha, ha. Yeah. 
And then in the last lap, there's more high-tech products. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> and then you start seeing Kirsten Beald sitting quite comfortably, seventh wheel back as they go through this kind of in the, into the last kilometre with this U-turn. Had a U-turn and then a, a really tight 90-degree corner onto... Um, onto Trafalgar Square and then this like swooping chicane under Alt Admiralty Arch and onto the mole um, and with about then you have about 350 metres of wide sprinting which you know that's not where you want because the field to be seventh wheel back no, no. Have, you seen have you seen have you seen the sprint yeah yeah um, so describe that sprint oh <laughs> Come on. Tiffany uh, Cromwell. Tiffany Cromwell had tried to get away. She'd she's a very technically excellent rider. She had banged it down. I think it was Cromwell, I think Brand, banged it on the on the on those final elements. But as they came under Admiralty Arch, there's Kirsten about seventh wheel. <laughs> and look, I mean it, it's Kirsten. It's just I mean, I I don't know. It, it, to me, we've seen a lot of actually you know this has been a pretty good year for some really um good and interesting sprinting um you know some straight up basic drag races some really good moves um from different riders some surprising sprints like you know not to be unfair but tiff cromwell's win at the giro rosa the other week um not the sort of finish i'd expect tiff to be winning but hey cool um but you know Kirsten is just such a strong rider. And as you say, I mean, she's noticeable anyway. I mean, but watching her sprints just, I, I, I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I just really enjoy it. She's just, she's just got that track. She, she's like, she, I mean, she looks, she, when you see, she is tall, but I keep saying this all the time, but she's not a big person. When you see her in no, real life, no. she's just like a tall, slim you know, muscular yeah, it's cyclist. Just, it's just when but she's when she's to, over the bike, yeah, it's when it's when she's next to Emma Pooley that she looks huge. But you know, and she looks, but she has this way of just like expect, like puffing up her body like a blowfish, or like a pufferfish, <laughs> or something. Like oh, when she's on the bike, she just does that thing where you know her elbows come out and she's in that tracky pose of like you know really, you know, real kind of cannonball crouching over the over the handlebars. Power. Power, power. Started her sprint, opened her sprint early, but just could not be touched. Just like, just wow, just, just, just wow. And and that is her. I mean, you know, that's that's the way, that's the way she rides. And I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I know not everyone's a a sprint fan, and not everyone, um, is is as comfortable as i am with with writers who are who are you know um for want of a better term head and shoulders above the others in terms of, of specialist skills like that sort of thing but i just i love watching kirsten sprint it just I, it's it's like anyone who's at the top of their game and skillful and using those skills it's a bit it's like kirsten's sprint when ellen van dyke attacks in the final kilometer and you know and the ride of the valkyries plays in my in my head <laughs> behind, behind me um you know when 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 someone like lucinda brand or mariana voss starts descending and i just am sitting there looking between my fingers and like because i'm so scared that they're going to crash and die horribly when voss wins gloriously these are things that make me so happy to see you know they're just they're yeah just, yeah they're just i love cycling you know sometimes i worry that i don't love cycling anymore but no i exactly. I, I love cycling like that and you're just like yeah this is a cool sport and it's it's very cool so yeah, yeah. i mean it, 
it's it it was it was interesting because I mean I was predicting Kirsten, but it wasn't the Kirsten S course. The Kirsten S course is is the course by Le Tour de France. You know, very, no technical sections, cobbles, incredibly, you know, power, power, power. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't there because she was at a track camp. Ride London was more technical, and I did, I did, I, you know, I really hoped. I mean, I loved watching Kirsten win, but I did secretly hope that you know they ripped up the playbook. But again, this is the thing about the races: is you watch beforehand and you go, oh, well, you know, I hope this happens, but then I hope it's not a bunch sprint. But then it's a bunch sprint, and it's beautiful, beautiful, and I love it so. Yes, uh, Nina Kessler in second for Lensworld Zanatta, and Lensworld Zanatta. They're a very small team. Um, they when they rock up at race, but them and Park Hotel Valkenburg. Every time they've got an invitation to a big race, they've just made the most of it. You yeah, know, they're yeah. just they're just they're just fantastic. Well, uh, Nina Kessler. One of the benefits then for for that second place, as you mentioned before, this is um, you know bigger last of money, huge amount. Like it's actually secured, of I think it's secured won funding for the five thousand pounds. Yeah, for, which, for her which, win. see, so for high tech and for. Um, um, oh, I, I can't pronounce the, the team name. Uh, Lens Wells and Atta? Yeah, Lens Wells and Atta. There we go. Um, you know, it, they've won enough money from that one race to fund both of their teams for the next 42 years. So... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, especially for a team like Lensworld, where you know they're probably not being made. You know, like we talk about salaries. The thing about cyclist salaries is, is, is when you win a prize like this, the done thing to do is to split it between your teammates and the team staff. Yeah. Yep. So when you've got six teammates and let's say three members of staff to to to, to split it between at a, a, a classic, if you've won a thousand euros. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A thousand euros doesn't go very far split between six, but twenty five thousand euros starts to look like a, you know, like a, like a, like a bigger deal. Yeah, you that's, know? that's a little bit of walking around money. So yeah, yeah. and so we were joking um, in the commentary box that like um, if one of the American teams had won, that would have paid for them, would have paid for them to get over here. And yeah, you know. exactly. And 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 the thing is, I mean, yeah, it is it is something that's a little bit amusing, but it's also. You know, it's it's part of why it's. I will always support these sort of races. You know, Tour de Yorkshire took a big step up this year as well in in terms of making an effort to provide equitable. Yeah, it, it was it was Philly Classic. Philly Classic was yeah, 30, yeah. was was thirty thirty thousand dollars. Yep. Tour de Yorkshire was fifty thousand pounds. Um, right, GP Ride London Classic was a hundred thousand euros, which was a lot more in pounds before Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they get their salary in euros can you imagine there you are thinking you're going to get like a you know a serious amount of a serious amount of euros and it actually come and you actually get given it in pounds like fuck you that would be a bit awkward Uh, but yeah but 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 the point being you know this is part of why it's so important and so good when races do um make this effort and and to me it's also super interesting to note which races it is that are stepping up you know when it's when it's philly and yorkshire and prudential classic you know uh, you soon we're going to and i mean i i know i roll sarah and i always ask but soon you know there's going to be more voices asking well hang on why isn't flanders why isn't flesh full on why yeah, yeah, yeah. these aren't the best race you know this this, this isn't the best race like yeah. prudential ride london is not and so someone was saying well why aren't there why aren't the, so a lot of the male um favorites for rio rode the ride london classic but a lot of the women favorite favorites for rio didn't so why aren't they there and well one of the answers is someone like megan guarnier who's leading the road world cup 
road sorry road world the women's world tour yep. isn't going to ride this because she's a sprinter like what is the point of just you know i don't want her to you know no one wants her to just rock up and take someone else's place just to kind of ride around at the back of the bunch you know yeah yeah but Mariana Voss, well, I'm not going to criticise Voss for skipping this one because her whole problem with that kept her off the bike was like one of them was was her recovery issues. I want her to recover as well as possible. Yeah. But, you know, it's I, I like one of the things I like about the world, sir, is the fact that not we don't we're not seeing the right all the all the same riders in every you know, it's not just a case of you know, let's just pick up the same riders and put them in different races. It's, 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 we're seeing different. I mean, I love the fact that, I mean, Nina Kessler, I am not taking anything away from her because this is the rest of the top 10. Nina Kessler, second, Leah Kirchman, third for Liv Planteur, Lucinda Brand from Rabo fourth, Maria Giulia Confandonieri of Lens World again in fifth, Joel Newmanville of Savello in sixth, Anuska Costa in seventh, Carmen Small of Silence in eighth, Hannah Barnes from Canyon Shram in ninth, and her little sister Alice Barnes from Drop Cycling in tenth. Chloe Hosking eleventh, Marty Bastianelli twelfth. So that is a serious coming second out of that lot is a yeah. serious serious achievement. And Nina Kessler should be so 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 proud of herself because that's 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 rocking. That's a really good result. And but you know equally, if it was just like you know Veal, Bronzini, um, Voss in every sprint, I'd get bored. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so. You know, I think that's part of why I am so happy and comfortable with with Veal winning in the way she won is because, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a rote, you know, according to the script race, and there was still plenty of excitement and surprise in the the final results. So, yeah, yeah. it was glorious, and it's a glorious day, and it's a glorious thing to do, and it made me very, and it's you know, blah blah blah, nuance. You know, I'm I'm yep. nuanced, and that takes us, skips us, interestingly, on to the Olympics. Oh, right. That's where we're skipping on to. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, did you think we were going to talk about no, Lizzie well, Armstead? You said, you said, no, no, you said glorious, so I thought you were going to talk about something glorious. So. Oh, come on. The Olympics is... Okay. Oh, it's the Olympics. Uh, okay, why, so why, don't, why, don't, uh, why don't you like the Olympics? Oh, look, they're just like... Okay, they're the second... The IOC is the second most corrupt sporting organisation in the world after FIFA. I mean, let's just start there and go downhill. Come on. The Olympics is like this this amazing feat of lip service to la la la, hands over our eyes, fingers in our ears. There's nothing wrong in the world. We all get along. It's it's bullshit that we hold this massive, ridiculously expensive um, event in various parts of the world every four years, while we push all of the homeless people out of the areas and and make the cities pretty for the bits of the cameras don't look over there because you know that's ugly this bit's okay and there's poverty and and stuff all around us that we'll ignore but yay you know arbitrary joy of sport but also you know the road race is gonna be fucking cool so there's that See, I, 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 my dad's lived in Barcelona since I was a kid. Yeah. And to give away my age, I was, <laughs> I'm not going to give away exactly. I was, a, I was a teenager for the, um, for the, for, for, for the Barcelona 92 Olympics. And the things that Barcelona did for the Olympic Games, their, their whole mission statement was Barcelona 93. Yep. Because they were going to be doing tons of things. They were going to be using the Olympics as an opportunity to kickstart some really important civic projects that 
transformed the city and transformed you know there was the the road building projects that they did and the um and and you know in the in the city and around the city you know were 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 really really important and the the structural stuff was you know building a whole new tube stop um at, uh, you know for an underground spot stop which you know on the one hand it's for the city but for the olympics but on the other hand it's super bloody useful and why wasn't there you know why wasn't there a plaza espana tube stop beforehand you know it's yeah not, yeah look it's, and, and that's, it, that's, they, they did it they it transformed it it really yeah, really that's, that's had really lasting nice, legacy you, you don't need a two billion dollar fucking sports competition to put in a train station like you could just do it like no, no, it was, it was. No, nah, I, I reject, mean, I and to, it gave us no. that god awful song too. The, you know, what was it? Pariata y Sempre something with, um, you know, Jose Carreras or something like that. One of them. Are you guys. talking about Barcelona by by Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Caballé? Probably. I don't know. Just some. Oh my god! I, I don't think I can talk to you if you're dissing Barcelona Fair by enough. Freddie. Montserrat Caballé. I feel like I've got to actually play this to our listeners well, no, to, to no, understand no. how glorious yeah, that hey, is. No, well, they're all good-looking and sophisticated people. They know I'm right. Like, <laughs> there is nothing more bombastic. Oh, and you say that as if bombasm's a good thing. Ooh, gross. I'm friends with you, darling. Of course I think it's a good thing. No, no. Wrong. Incorrect. Ooh. Anyway, yeah, so... You know, that's my issue with the Olympics in a nutshell. Just like, I roll, uh, gross, everything's complicated and fucked and politics, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, also Olympics. See, I thought you were going to diss the race um, because, so, okay, the way that we have to approach Olympics, dear listener, is to remember that Olympic cycling is not it's it's almost like a separate discipline yeah you know like why we love cycling um some people love the cobbles classic some people love the sprints in the tour de france some people only watch the state tour de france some people love cyclocross some people love track some people like me love track but can't stand the individual pursuit which makes other <laughs> trackers think that they're uh, satan um yeah yeah so, so you one have, of the things that's beautiful about big road race as um like you say like it's it's like a, it's like it's it's kind of like the weirdest invitational one day race ever yeah 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 it's 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 funny i mean uh, so it's not like the normal races and one of the reasons it's not like the normal races is the size of it so well, let's start with the size so the size is there's something um let's see how many exact riders were, yeah, we've got were given. 36 countries represented um, yeah, it's it's um it's only sixty eight riders maximum, which you compare to the Ronde van Vlaanderen has one hundred and seventy six starters. The twenty fifteen Road World Champs had one hundred and thirty five starters. So you know it's yeah. it's pretty much half the size of the Road World Champs peloton, and the Road World Champs peloton is smaller than you'd get in a yeah. you know I, in, I just in a, exactly. Yeah. And I'd like to point out that with sixty eight riders on the the start line. And 36 countries, that's an average of just under two riders per country. Like, yes. Well, they have only five. There's maximum team of four riders. So normally it's six riders in a race. And actually you'll see bigger teams in races like Omelette Noise Bad. Maximum of four riders, yep. but only for five countries. The Netherlands, Italy, USA, Germany and Australia. Then five countries have, um, then, then five countries have, 
oh, have three riders, which is Poland, Sweden, GB, Belgium and Canada. Three countries have two riders, which is um, France, South Africa and Luxembourg. And then 26 countries have one rider each. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's 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 not an average peloton. And and that's difficult because, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about this a lot. If you're the Dutch, for example, your top one to four riders, I mean, I think Mariana Voss um, in 20, London 2012 scored enough UCI qualification points to, if she'd been a country, to qualify four riders on her own. Yeah, yeah. And you have this weird thing where, on the one hand, there's all sorts of different riders who've qualified those points for the, for, for, the, for the Netherlands. On the other hand, <laughs> you know, Sweden and Great Britain have qualified three riders and um, off the back of just basically um, Emma Johansson and Nizzi Armistead. Yep, yep. And you know, and South Africa, for example, they've got two riders. One of them is Ashley Mormon Passio, who's 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 head and shoulders above. So you have this really weird depth of field issue because you know the fifth, the fifth to the eighth best Dutch, actually probably the fifth to the tenth best Dutch, are probably better than a lot of countries' second riders. Yeah, yeah, all in, and in first riders. Yeah, first riders as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's hard, and that's because and that's because as we've said before, the Olympics prioritizes um, numbers of countries over quality of riders. Now, and and I've got to say at that point too that we raise this because it's part of what affects the way the race goes. We're not saying that's necessarily wrong, and I am saying that's necessarily wrong. Okay, well, all right, fine. I can't help you then. You you just yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I get the point in terms of the context of what the Olympics is meant to do, that representation from as many different countries as possible is is the goal. My argument would simply be that um, I think it's at cross purposes to then restrict the total number of riders. You know, if you want yeah. if you want 36 countries, that's great, but I don't think you can accurately represent 36 countries with a maximum of 68 riders. How, yeah, however... One of the things on the other side is that if you're a Dutch person or an Italian or even an Australian or a USA rider, where it's very, 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 very difficult to get picked for your Olympic squad, mm. the fact that you have been picked for your Olympic squad is this amazing achievement that just being an Olympian, if you're a Dutch woman, just saying I was at the Olympic Games is is this major, major achievement. Yeah. 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 And is it this... means and it means and it means a lot more. Oh, it's than... a huge thing. Huge thing. And it means it means so much more than almost any other achievement. Yeah, and it's it's you know obviously you want to win Ronde van Vlaanderen, um, you want to win the world championships, and you want to race in the Olympics for your country. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, you probably want to get you know there's other things as well. You know different riders will say our oh, Giro stages, uh, Flesh Wallon, you know blah blah blah, the um, Strade Bianchi. But yeah, it's it's pretty much it, it's up there. It's an ambition, and so. So and that's I think I think that's one of the reasons why with the Italians and the Dutch who are head and shoulders the biggest women's cycling nations, um, uh, you know in terms of in terms of strength of of ta- depth of field strength of talent, that's why they'll go out and ride not for personal glory but for if my you know if if my teammate wins I've won. Yep. Yep. And it's a huge, huge goal. I still think it's slightly up, you know, it's that, that there's always that classic thing of cycling's a weird sport where it's a team sport, but only the winner gets, you know, it's, it's a bit like if you're a hockey player or a, or a soccer player, you know, the person who scores the goal gets the medal, you know, it's, 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 it, you know, it's a strange thing, but yeah, so it's, 
it's a for the riders for the athletes who are out there they are absolutely this is the goal they've been working towards this is this is fantastic yeah so yeah so it's it's and it's the course is interesting it's 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 an interesting course it's 130 kilometers which is a little bit on the longer side for women's races hurrah um it's the same course for the women and the men the men basically they just start they they have different laps yeah yeah so oh so they start at on the edge of the um they start on the edge of the beach uh the copacabana beach oh, i'm not singing that am i no and no you are not on the atlantic ocean and they ride they they, they go down to the coast and they ride eat they ride west along the panama beach they have a little lump below the second, the, the Vista Chinesta, Chinesa circuit. And then they have this long section all the way along the beach. And I think this is going to be fascinating because if there's even a breath of wind, that is going to be a decisive part of the race. Absolutely. <gasps> oh, God, can you imagine if it's got crosswinds or sidewinds? Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... Or, 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 or headwinds. Well, and, and this is part of what's so intriguing to me about the course because there's there's so many parts that are going to be um, opportunities, you know. I mean, it's hard to say which will be decisive, but there's, there's you know, there's some good climbs. There's some, um, you know, plenty of opportunities to, to um, make moves and give things a go. But as you say, I think wind is the one that's going to be uh, well, let me put it this way. I think I think teams that have been able to go ride the course a bit and see the area and prepare in that way are definitely going to have an advantage. It's around 30 kilometres of flat, you know, 30, around 30 kilometres of flat, windy bits, I yep. think. Let's see if I can see that according to this bit according to things uh maybe it's a bit less um they they ride along for the flat for the flat set for this flat and and i mean and absolutely if there's a bit of wind now remember how we saw ellen van dyke and luce hunnawijk attacking like absolute lunatics on the flat run out from london in yeah. the london 2012 games and they just went over and over and over again and i think this is what will this is the perfect road for that but it's also the perfect road for holy shit there's a bit of cross winds there's a group of eight up the road fuck we're all fucked yeah um obviously we and this is where being a rider like uh emma johansson for example who for many years was pretty much the only strong rider in her team but would still get into those breaks has an advantage yeah but it's also where the dutch who you know the dutch who this would just be you know they they just must be i've laughed about oh, it yeah, when yeah. they this saw is, it this is their bread they're doing their wind dancing god damn it they're basically like atlantic praying to the atlantic gods to um to to to, to give them wind there because it's going to be bonkers so they drive along the coast and they get to the um they get to the grumari uh grumari national park and the grumari circuit this is the first circuit of the race and they do two laps of this and it's got to climb grumari at uh at um which is let's see if i've got the details of it to hand da, 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 da. sorry about this 1.2 kilometers long averaging yeah seven percent with a yeah. max gradient of 13 max gradient of 13 yes and that's the first climb in the um in the in the in the thing then yep. there's a sharp looking descent and immediately after they've got the grotta funda climb 
Yep, which is a bit longer at 2.1 kilometers, uh, but it's a gentler gradient, average of 4.5%. So, Yeah. And then there's a descent behind that as well. Yes. And, so, now, um, and somewhere in there, there's also the cobble bit. Yeah, there's a two-meter section of cobble. Now, this circuit, this circuit, the Grumari circuit, is exactly the same circuit that is used in the individual time trial. They have put a, 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 a meter-wide tarmac section over the cobbles which i think is not playing the game but apparently they're going to fence that off so that the road race riders have, have to, to ride, ride the, the cobbles. cobbles yeah so you know so if you're a dutch rider for example and you've had and you've had you've just been playing in the wind and now you get some cobbles for cobbles for tea with some short sharp climbs with, with gentle descents you're just laughing and rubbing your hands and cackling well i mean you are but the, you know all of that said the, i mean that's the question for me with the dutch then is you know uh, uh, it's rio like uh, are they going to be able to cope with the 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 heat, heat and the humidity <sighs> Yeah, I know. Isn't it exciting? There's so oh, many options. super exciting. Super exciting. So then, so they come off the circuit, they go back the same 30 kilometers on the same route. Now, this is where the women suffer a little bit because the men, because they have like a much longer race, um, the men race 256.5 kilometers. So the men do Yawn. four laps. Of, the men do four laps of Grumari and the women just get two. And they come back and they ride over the Vista Chinesa, the circuit, the circuito Vista Chinesa. Uh, this is another loop. The men ride it a couple of times. The women ride it once. But this has a really interesting climb. It starts off with a little, a little lump called Joa, which is a little climb they, they hit on the way, they hit on the way out. And then the climb is really two separate climbs. Yeah. Yep. You start off. It's about there's a there's there's a it's about twenty five kilometers circuit. So they have eight point nine kilometers of climbing at average five point seven percent. But the average gradient is deceptive because it's two climbs together. Canoas, which is three hundred forty uh, meters high, then a little descent, and immediately climbing up to Vista Chinesa at five hundred and two meters high. Right. Do you have any interesting stats about them? No, I don't. I don't have any interesting stats about those ones. But the other thing is, so so this is not the climb. So when people go, oh, my rabbit, it's a long climb, it'll suit my rabbit. It's not. It's got a small, sharp climb, a climb up to Canoas, a little descent, and then a climb up to Vista Chinesa, and then a really long, a really, really steep descent and around and just under 20 kilometers run in flat run into the finish yeah yeah i i honestly all respect to mara abbott i don't think this suits her specifically so the climbs aren't the hardest climbs in the world you know no. we're not talking torolo we're not talking about madonna de Gisalo or or you know we're not talking about no, iconic I mean, climbs you've got to you've got to think more classics like it, this is it's it's, yes. it's a classics race essentially i mean fuck they even put cobbles in like yeah, and you, know. you have to be able to descend. Yeah, I mean, and, and... it's it's it. This is actually it's the tropical classics. That's what it is. It's it's <laughs> it's the South America. It's the it's the South American classic, and it's it's yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. Um, I how they ride it is going to make a difference to the course. Um, I I I I think I think I look at that course and I think Mariana Vos. 
Look, I, assuming that she continues to develop her form, and as we as we said last week, you know, to me the the foreshadowing of of her interview where she was just like, yeah, like you know, this race was better than that race, and then this race was better again, and I'm on track, and I'm feeling good, and I'm doing really well, and it's just like, oh holy fuck, oh holy fuck, here comes Voss. It's like, dun dun, oh, isn't it? it's so it's so but you know it it is like this is this is the joy of it is that okay so we we know that going in we know that this certainly plays to her if she's on form but we also know that Voss is exceptionally good at doing some absolutely fucking dastardly thing like getting Annemiek van Vleuten into a break or something like that. Or racing for her team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I can see, because she's riding with Ellen van Dijk. Ellen van Dijk's all about the ITT. Ellen, I think, will be, will will be, I think Ellen will be killing it on the flat run-in. She'll want to see how she hits the ITT course, but if she's still at the front, any spare energy she's got is just going to be killing it on the back run-in. And and we won't see her on that final circuit, I don't think. I could be pretty wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could be wrong, but I honestly, yeah, I wouldn't expect to. I, uh, you know, but what she will do, and especially if there is wind, is she will split the peloton. She will shear the peloton. She will destroy them. You know, a a good 30-second effort from Ellen that the, the rest of her team holds on to could shed you know, all but a handful of other riders, you know. And, and then that's and the, the other two of members the of the team. The other two members of the team, Annemiek van Vleuten, who won Flesh Wallon, mm. um, sorry, sorry, Ronde van Vlaanderen, and Anna van der Brega, who won Flesh Wallon, and Anna van der Brega, who won the Giro, and Anna van der Brega, who won the course by attacking in a stupid place that actually works. Anna van der Brega, who's one of the best climbers in the peloton. These women can ride together. Oh, holy and, shit, they can, yeah. And it's... Then you've got the Italians, and the Italians have Elisa Longo Borghini, who I looked at, you know, again, we looked at classics, it's got climbs, it's got descending, it's got long run, runs, Elisa, oh my god, they've got Tatiana Goderzo, who won the Road World Championship in the past, and is an amazing yep. climber, Elena Cicchini is a classic expert, she will be killing herself for Elisa Longo Borghini, but I can actually see a situation where Elisa, where Eleanor gets in a group and wins, that yeah, could just be my yes. fault. That, no, 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 but and, I mean, we've, we've seen Eleanor this year has, has, you know, it's not out of the question at all that she could do look that. Look what she did at Turingen, yeah, her yeah. and Spratty, when her and Spratty got away in Turingen in the penultimate stage and Eleanor I mean, won the GC. I, I would all have... honesty, that's the only thing that I think might count against her is that it will be hard for her to get away with that trick twice. But, yes, but, she's in a, but and and Georgia Bronzini, who has won two World Road World Championships, amazing sprinter. But when she saw when when the when the track Olympics moved from the points race to the Omnium, which doesn't suit her, she's been upping her climbing ever since. She's always been very good at class at the shorter classic style climbs. She's been upping yeah. her climbing, and Georgia has got her invisibility cloak. She hides in the bunch and hides in the pack. People just. I didn't see her. Then she won. I and the, and the Italians are the absolute ultimate. We don't care who wins as long as it's one of us. All for one, one for all. Let's do it. Let's do it, women. Let's do it. Let's let's ride together and yeah. and 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 kill ourselves for the Italian pride. <sighs> who else is on your list? Oh, look, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, I I we've talked before about. 
um, more in the context of, of selection. But um, and while I don't think necessarily the US has the the exact best possible team for the race, there's no question to me that you've got to you've got to pay um, tribute to Megan Guarnier. She's currently the leader of the Women's World Tour. Um, last year she she showed a major step up, and this year she's gone from strength to strength with her racing. And you know she's a rider who I could definitely see in the mix at the pointy end of the race. She is an amazing climber. She's not the best climber, but she is very, very, very strong. And she's smart, and she's used to having to do things on her own, which are two things that I really think count for her in this race. And she, she and her descending. She, she. I, I talk about this a lot about riders I love who go away and they're good climbers, but they, they, they realise their descending is letting them down. So they work on their descending over the off season, and they come back. And it's amazing. And I love it because, it, you know, we've talked about this before. It ties into that idea of, you know, not not necessarily the person with the best natural talent, but the person who works really, really hard, identifies their weaknesses and improve. I aspire to be that person that I don't think I am. I aspire to be that. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I want to be. And Guarnier did that in the 2014-15 off-season, really, really worked on her descending. And we saw it last year where she won Strade. She became American national champion. She had a fantastic season. And we've seen it this year where she won the Giro. And she won the Giro with her descending, you know, like, like, oh, just glorious. There, she could not be shaken by the likes of Elisa Longo-Borghini, which was just, you know, very hard to do. And she's she won Philadelphia Classic. She won the uh, the national championship. She killed herself for Lizzie Armitstead all season, and in when she was racing as a super domestique. And yep. the only problem that she has is I don't think the American team can gel and work as a team. I think there's too much politics. There's too many personalities. There's too many stars. Out, ironically, the rider who's best suited at this course, Megan Guarnier, is the one who's the best team player out of those four yeah yeah she is but i mean also as i say you know she she is used to having to you know uh, uh, getting caught in these situations where she's just got to do it for herself and so you know i i i agree i think i think um team usa is not going to have the cohesiveness that they would need to win it as a team but i don't think that precludes megan from if if luck goes her way way if the wind goes her way um so to speak then then she could find herself in a winning position so definitely someone to watch um kristen armstrong's only there for the itt mara abbott i don't she's not really known as riding for a team as being a team player and she's all about the specific well, kind of diesel climbs and, and I she's don't not a classics rider she's just not i'm i'm sorry yeah. she's not and you know i mean every um potentially could be but again we saw that that weirdness in the the um giro where there were several times where it looked like evie was attacking megan and it just i don't i don't know it that's just yeah not a dynamic that I don't I, I can see gelling very well. No. Um, the other the other person obviously that we have to talk about is is Lizzie the world champ and and Britain's great hope. Um, Lizzie Armistead. Let's talk about Lizzie Armistead. Lizzie Armistead has been in the news this week for all the wrong reasons. Um, she why? has indeed. Well, the 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 paragon of of journalistic integrity known as the Daily Mail. Oh, oh, sorry. My friend Stavetta would be saying at this point, she put her hand up, saying, "No, hang on, don't be." Yeah, the Daily Mail is rep- rep- reprehensible in a lot of ways. They're terrible, but they do have very good sports writers. So, all I'm right. just saying that. 
Sivetta has Pavloved me, has given me a <laughs> reaction. All right. Well, and, okay. Yeah. To be fair then. All right. But anyway, the, the Daily Mail sports section uh, broke the news yesterday that, that Lizzie Armitstead um, had a um, issue with... Uh, well, basically, she had multiple she whereabouts. Suspended. Yeah, she, she was suspended. got suspended pending um, an appeal to CAS because she had um, whereabouts violations that UCAD put forward um, as the a anti-doping yeah, agency for, for a suspension. Now, that's the starting point, and and shall we just explain Erkia before that? Yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna say, like, let's should let's... we just explain the situation with? So, so, so riders are um, they they're tested in competitions by races. So, for example, um, you've won this, you've won the stage of the Giro, you get dope tested, and there's random drugs tests for riders in every in in every major in every major UCI race yeah but what they're doing because the drugging is doping is much more um sophisticated than just taking a drug on the day of a race they uh, we have a lot of out of competition testing where out of competition tests are um are done to basically see if you're it, to, to, to stop there's lots of drugs that you can take that have their effects that, that don't show up on a race day test, but you can catch them without of competition testing. Yeah. 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 And so you, a rider has to, um, a bike rider has to put their, a bike rider like Izzy Armit said, has to put their whereabouts into the Adams system. They have to put on every day, a, an hour long, an hour slot where drugs tests can, testers can find them and be, um, and and be a uh, you know so that, so they can be they can be dope tested and this this I remember the famous famous Michael Rasmussen case where he knew that there weren't many drugs testers in Mexico so he put his whereabouts down as being in Mexico, but he was actually spotted racing in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a system that's very is it's a complicated system. But then you know for people who have to fill in complicated timesheet systems in their work and account for every moment of their day in their work, you know, I you know it, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I not, mean, it's it, this is this is the thing is yes, it's onerous. But many of us have jobs that have onerous parts of them. I mean, talk to talk to a cop or a prosecutor about maintaining the chain of custody for evidence in a legal prosecution. You know. Um, talk about having to keep track of um, well, dangerous chemicals if you're a research scientist. Yes, yeah. but you know. Know, but even just explaining where your whereabouts are when I'm temp, you know, when you're temping or when yeah. you're in a call center and you're logged literally, you know, you're logged literally how long you go to the toilet for. It's 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 not something that she, I mean, it, it's unique to sports on one hand, but it's not that different to what a lot of people do. Yeah. It's, it's and, and it's a unique system to the working world is is the point, and, and it's, it's part of the job. And it's a system that's 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 complicated on the one hand, but on the other hand, you can um, delegate it to your team to do the work for you. You can update by email. You can update by text. Um, you've got like a lot of you can update up to an hour before people come. Anyway, so the the system is that if you have if you miss three tests, then you're banned. Yeah. And this and is across sports. This is across all. This is across sports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's an established and and I think that's the first first thing I want to note about this whole instance is some people are, in my opinion, drawing a bit of a longish bow in an attempt to say that you know this is a, a sign that um, Lizzie's doping or something. I personally don't think that's the case at all, based on the information available at the moment. I think it is what it's being presented as, which is a process violation. Now that has its own set of rules and and it, consequences, 
Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a bit of a long bow to draw to equate one with the other. No, uh, but I think the ban, I think, I think the thing is the ban being banned for doping, you know, of course you can have situations where innocent oh, yeah, people yeah, no, are, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's right. It's one of those things that just goes with it. It's just, it just, it's just, it's just part of the sport that you have to do this admin thing. If you don't do this admin thing, you can be banned and you can be banned up for, exactly. four, year, to, for four years. But we have to do it because yep. it's 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 the only way to you know it's it's one of the ways to stop this fight against doping and you know remember yeah, yeah. that doping we not just we don't just care about doping because it affects people's results we also care about doping because you have people pressurized to take drugs that can really really damage them yeah. and yeah. in and ridiculous and hyperbolic exactly. cases kill them so Lizzie Armitstead we just found out was suspended. She had a she had a suspension. She, which... she had a suspension, which I I just want to check the wording of it because it's a uh, it, it, it's a uh, um what is it called um a provisional suspension because yes. because now... it's specifically a suspension while the UKAD anti doping authority complete their investigation and hand down their decision. So it's not it's not the same as a oh yes you've been caught doing something horrendously wrong you're banned for two years or whatever it's a provisional suspension pending the result of in this case the appeal and that's important because when i first saw it one of the things that bothered me about this case was lizzie armistead was suspended on the 11th of july which is the day after the Giro rosa yep. and this case was um was 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 kind of went and, and it got fast tracked to go to the court of arbitration of sport cas yeah and cas have said no, it's fine. She's not banned. We 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 uphold her. We um so we, we agree with her, her appeal. Yeah, her appeal. She's not banned. Um, and we'll come on to that later. So there was this secret suspension, which is why she missed Turingen and La Course. And the thing that's slightly annoying is that like the the reason that she missed La Course was put out in the in the um in into the media as oh she didn't want to race it because she's preparing for Rio. She didn't want to risk the crashes. I I. I was very uncomfortable about that. But yeah. then I read in the UKAD statements, UKAD themselves say it is their policy to keep these suspensions private and secret until it's until the investigation has been done and a final judgment has been handed down. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, that did worry me. I'm now not so worried anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah? not as I'm not as worried by that either. I mean, I agree completely. I was I was quite worried, and and yesterday on Twitter I was making some points about you know why keep it quiet. That looks suspicious, but you know when when UKAD state that's part of their policy, and it does make sense because one of the things that they do have to protect people from is is, um, you know the risk of false allegations and and reputational um, impact and stuff, you know when. We don't know, you know, and and I, I get that, you know, it's not the best process, but I don't think any process is perfect. So I can accept that. I can live with that. Um, you know, it, it's uh, but that said, there's still there's still quite a number of things about this whole thing that are just a bit annoying to me and a bit eyebrow. It's... Racist, like, okay, oh. Lizzie Armistead does not come out of it looking good. Yeah, no, she... on the one yeah. hand, on the one hand. She's missed three out of out of out of competition tests. On the one hand, that could be a sign of doping. On the other hand, it's just a sign of being sloppy and 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 not 
and just you know yeah so her excuses were so basically she went to Cass and she's challenged two one of the rate one of the things that one of the out of competition tests she missed was um just before Tullingen run for sorry just before open to Swedford World Cup last year in um well almost a year ago in August I think yeah and her reason was and the reason that and she's challenged this one and this is the one that they've said okay yeah that one doesn't count because apparently the UKAD outsourced the doping tests in other countries to doping you know agencies in other countries the tester arrived at her hotel between six and seven in the morning which was the time that she said she was available the hotel wouldn't tell them which room they were in the hope they say the anti the, the anti-doping tester didn't say i am an anti-doping tester yeah they just rocked up and said can i have lizzie armistead's room number please now um that's that's one of the things that to me is a bit eyebrow raising because it's it's hard to i mean you've got uh, i let, let me say this the right way i am very very conscious of the fact that from as what i can tell that's one particular account of the story i have not read an account or seen you know any response from the the specific person or or um, body that was responsible for that test re- respond to that account of the the story. So you know you you got to take it with a grain of salt. But I do find it pretty hard to accept that a um, doping control officer turns up at somewhere at six in the morning and doesn't explain who they are and why they're there. You know you're there on official business like. And this is hotels in Vagorda. Vagorda is a very small town in Sweden. It's had the Open Display Vagorda Teen Time Trial and the Road World Cup, um, Teen Time Rush World Cup, the Road Race World Cup for, for, for years now. These hotels are going to be small hotels which are used to having lots of cyclists staying there. Yeah. And probably so, have seen more than one, you know, out of oh, competition doping control be done. So because yeah, from different countries all over the world, because this yep. is what you do. So I so apparently the doping tester um got there, the hotel wasn't there, he rang her, Lizzie Armit said on her mobile, she didn't answer because she had it set on silent. I find it problematic that you would have your phone yeah i mean I, now she I, said yeah. she had it set on silent to um out of out of consideration for her teammate because it's common for for teams to you know two riders a room sort of thing um or more in some cases so you know maybe she was being a nice teammate but if you I, I i i again i find it hard to believe if you've said that your whereabouts availability is at six o'clock in the morning i, I, I don't know I'm not a pro athlete, but like I would have figured I'd have had my fucking alarm set and my phone ready to rock at six in the morning in case I mean, they called. I mean, I guess, I guess I'm, I mean, I come at this from a weird perspective. You know, my phone, I set up my phone so that it doesn't do like texts and pings and apps and stuff like that. No noise is happening except for if anyone calls, because I kind of assume that if anyone's calling at six o'clock in the morning, I need to pick up my phone. Um, okay. So, so, so anyway, that one got passed. Basically, te- drugs testers are supposed to come for an hour and try, if they can't get you straight away, to try for an hour. That means keeping ringing your doorbell every 10 minutes, keep ringing you every 10 minutes on your phone and try and try and then go home and then go, you know, and, and try and, and then before they can, before they can go, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it's, anyway, this is being agreed as Cass as, yeah, this was the tester's fault. The other two tests she missed the first one, she goes, yeah, it was just an administrative cock up. Yeah. I, I fucked up. 
And the third test, she said it was a family medical emergency, which I haven't seen any details of. And that can mean anything from, oh, my God, I dropped everything and ran, which we all could understand, right through to that's a really good excuse. I'm not saying Lizzie's using it as an excuse. I'm just saying it's a shame that she's not said what it is, although equally you can see why it's not, you know, yeah, why you're not necessarily going to be. Pro- exactly. It's not necessarily your families. Gonna exactly jump out about and, and tell everyone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, like it, it's it's a bit complicated, and there are things about it that um, don't sit entirely comfortably with me. There are things about it that um, I think uh, are unresolved and quite possibly won't be resolved. Um, and and there are things about it that I think um, are just full on cock ups. Oh, I mean, so so um, one of the journalists, Ben Rumsby, um, apparently he got in touch with UKAD. And in the last 12 months, 36 UK athlete, AD athletes, uh, athletes under UKAD, and this is across all sports, missed one test and six athletes missed two. Yep. So this isn't... This isn't a, this isn't something that's like this is something that so for everyone kind of saying, oh, you know, oh, it's so difficult, blah, 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 blah. It's not so difficult that, yeah, that it's, all it, athletes across all the sports can't do it. So if it, if I'm it was not that saying like, I don't think I personally don't think she's doping. This is the thing. Yeah. Is I personally don't think she's doping. I just I'm just like face palming because, oh, my God, you're the world champion. And I mean, of course, no one wishes that it didn't happen more than her. But as an anxious girl, once I'd got to one, I'd be quite anxious. And apparently she did try and challenge that one informally at the time, but didn't have the money to take on the lawyers and just decided, oh, I'll just, I'll just be, you know, I'll just, I'll just wing it. I'll just wing it. I don't accept that. I'll wing it. But once you got to the second one. Yeah. In the run up to the Olympics. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing is I can kind of understand not appealing the first one right away because the rule, just to, just to be clear, um, the um, when no, she they, did, she did. Apparently, she informally. Well, she yeah, she informally, but it. she didn't formally progress it because, as you say, yeah. she didn't have the money and she didn't have the legal advice to to support it. And also, as she said, she was about to go to the US, um, and so she just let it go because. Um, only when three whereabouts failures are confirmed is the case put through an independent review to determine whether the athlete has a case to answer for a violation mm. of Article 2.4 of the World Anti-Doping Code. So apparently um, people who do know about this thing say it's not entirely unusual for an athlete to go, oh, look, that's the first one. I'm, I'm never going to make that mistake again. I won't fuck up again. So I'm not going to worry about appealing it because it'll never, ever happen again. Um, so I can kind of understand that. Um, uh, and because she was going to America for world champs and stuff, like, okay, possibly. But, you know, to then have two more instances where that happens is just, just, uh, to me, it, it, it beggars belief because if you're a, if you're a professional athlete, world champion, you know, and it's not like this is your first year as a pro either. Like you've been around this for a while now. You know how it works. And she does. She has. She has a manager. Yeah. She has a. a she has a manager who's who's very very good. She's hey, she's I, making she's I'm making a, a lot of money. Yeah. She's 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 exactly. I'm a hundred percent sure. I'm a hundred percent sure. If I needed to, I could just say, "Mum, hey, could you remind me to do my whereabouts every day?" And every fucking day, I would get a message from my mum going, "Have you done your whereabouts?" It would drive me insane. Like, I'm sure there are people. Is it like, like, me, going, have you, it's like me going, "Have you, have you put up a dating profile?" Oh, now? for fuck's sake! Um, anyway, <laughs> still, still two nil because you didn't reduce me to stuttering outrage. Um, 
Is it, stu- is it so, only outrage? I reduce you to other things too. Well, stuttering anything. Um, you know, it, it just, I find that extraordinary. And look, you know, I'm not Lizzie. I'm not inside Lizzie's head. I, I have to take what she says, you know, um, largely at face value, but it, it does just surprise me. One of the other things that, um, that really raised my eyebrows when it came out was the, and this needs to be corrected as well, because early on there was an implication that British Cycling had actually funded her appeal. Now, British Cycling have released a statement since clarifying, saying that they sought independent legal advice about their uh, position in terms of Olympic selection and stuff because they were concerned about the implications of that. And then they shared that legal advice with Lizzie. Now, there's all sorts of hairs to be split about whether or not that's funding legal advice for her, but I'm not interested in that. Um, but it was certainly uh, clear to me that British Cycling have been involved in this process and have offered some level of assistance to it. Look, this is the problem. This is the problem with the Daily Mail when they when they when they put their first story out. They had British cycling. You know, they included British cycling had funded her legal defence, mm. and it's not. And and that was like, what the fuck? That doesn't seem right. No. However, however, I think that like in this case, like, and people are like, oh no, they shouldn't be working against UKAD, but it's not necessarily working against UKAD. You can be a critical friend and challenge while still working with UKAD. And so other people have said, well, why didn't they do this when Jonathan Tiernan and Locke or the Yates brother got their doping? Yeah. And it's like, well, in that case, they probably believed it was right. You know, like yeah. in this case, they don't believe it's right. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's but a I mean, kind that of, said, that said, but ha- it's not, be. it's not, it does not help that British cycling has a terrible reputation. Exactly. And this is the thing that they're, they're almost notorious for at least having the appearance of playing favourites. And so I think it does not benefit anybody, Lizzie or British cycling, for there to be even the appearance that they're, they're offering her any sort of, um, you know, financial assistance or preferential treatment. Not that I'm saying they were, I'm just saying the appearance of it was certainly something that was concerning to me at the time. Um, you know, but even on top of that, like to me, it's, it's just fucking obvious that, you know, British cycling have helped prep PR stuff like media releases or something. And they've helped Lizzie with, with, um, how to handle the interview or something or whoever it is that's done Lizzie's media training should be fucking like tarred and feathered or whatever the no, British equivalent actually, of it is. I, I, I love Lizzie Armitstead for her absolute... No, 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 no. I disagree completely. The person the person who did her media training, and, and I can prove this in two very, very simple quotes. One of the first quotes in the, in the Daily Mail thing um, from Lizzie today when she was responding to some of these questions was, I'm one of the most tested athletes in the world. Oh, God. And the other one was, the other one that I really don't like is, oh, well, it was fine that I didn't get my anti-competition test done because I got tested the next day in the race. Oh, yeah, when well, everyone who knows about drugs tests knows that, A, the anti-competition test does different, is testing for different things, and B, you can flush things out of your system. That's why we have anti-competition tests. But I was totally expecting Lizzie to say, I don't know why you're all making a fuss about this. There's children dying in Syria. Well, I, I, the, the other bit that, um, of that first quote that, you know, the end of that paragraph, um, was, um, I can only tell you that I am a clean athlete and an honest person. It's like, even if this is 100% true, Liz, not helping, not helping. This is what I'm saying. Like, you know, flay your, your media trainer. They've done a terrible, terrible job. 
And then, to me, the 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 last quote in this article is just the one that just has me sort of wanting to laugh, cry, because it's just fucking amazing. How tone deaf and out of touch with reality do you have to be, or how shit does your media trainer have to be for you to say this following sentence? I feel incredibly proud of the work I've put in ahead of Sunday's race, despite all this happening to me. It's been really difficult to concentrate on training, nutrition, and recovery, all the little details, but I haven't let anything slip. Oh! Holy fuck! I can think of three things you let slip. Three! Three of them! You let them slip! Three different things that you let slip! Holy fuck! So I, I don't believe, I mean, I, you know, as much as I believe anyone's a dope, I will accept that I've got my own biases, my country biases. And was this Hannah Solovey? I'd be like, oh, my God. But um, I can I just say something about the context that we're in yep. and how it's been reported? That's good news. OK, because this has been reported in terms of Lizzie Armit said absolute superstar of cycling, one of the top people of the sport. This is someone you should know. Yeah, that's how she's been presented. She's not being presented as um, the the stunning brunette who's engaged to skywriter Philip Danon. You know what I mean? And lives with him in Monaco. So when 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 Victoria Pendleton was winning in the on track, which is only which isn't very long ago at all, you would not have any kind of interview with her which wouldn't mention how pretty she is, how feminine she is, that she's still very girly. There's none of this about this one because we've moved on from that. And Lizzie Armstead is presented as an incredible bike rider, massive talent, one of the best riders in the world, yeah? In the ways that world champion, Olympic champion, Vicky Pendleton never was, yeah? B, it's presented in the context of we've just had two major races shown on mainstream television, like two different options to watch it on TV, um, the course and this and the and the Prudential Ride London. And we're about to have mainstream television coverage of the Olympic road race, yeah? We are in... The media context of it is is that we're see, you know is is surrounded. We're not just hearing stories about doping. You know, we've seen all the people who've been covering this have covered La Course. They've covered the Ride London. You know, they've just they've they've. This isn't just this isn't just about. Oh, we'll only talk about women's cycling when it's doping. This is in the context of the sport has grown and is growing. And just as a couple of years ago, when we joked that Pauline Fran Prevost being, you know, accused of bullying uh, Mara Abbott in the Giro meant that our sport had got big enough for Polemica. We've got to take these doping stories with the with if we want the coverage as well, you know, like that's just part 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 of the course. It's it, it's it's a doping story. It's a rider who's, you know, frankly, oh God, should have known better. You know, if if, yep. if you want to take it as evidence of, that she's doped, that's that's your prerogative. But you know, even in the best case scenario, it's an it's an athlete who had all the resources and really sh- and is known for being detail orientated. Yep. Yep. and should have known better she you know she always talks about how she does everything herself. She doesn't yep. trust anyone else. And detail, detail, detail. But, 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 but the media context that we're in, I think, weirdly makes me happy because it demonstrates, it just demonstrates how far we've come. Well, it does. It does. And also it demonstrates um, that the system, you know, does what it's intended to do. You know, Lizzie had these whereabouts problems. UKAD investigated them, put forward a, a case. Cass made a ruling on it. Like, it works. 
you know? Yeah. Like, and there's no special treatment. I mean, depending on how you want to split hairs over British cycling, but but in terms of the the testing and and regulatory authorities, um, you know, the process that needed to be to to be done in this set of circumstances was done, and I'm all right with that. Yeah. So Lizzie Armit said, all of that said, she's still a favourite for the Rio race. I think the biggest problem is, is that usually when we've seen her win everything this season, she's the most successful rider this season. However, she's done that in the context of having absolute super team Bowles Dolmans behind her. We yep. saw her win the Road World Championships last year, pretty much as a solo right, as a solo effort. She's by herself in the last in the in the finale. However, she benefited hugely from the Dutch chasing down the break because Amy Peters in the break yep. didn't feel com- confident in it i think that for lizzie armistead to win rio with the team she's got two riders supporting her nikki harris great you know lovely rider great rider great cyclocross rider but this is her first full season you know not it's not a road race expert she's not an expert in those windy races for example and emma pooley who this i mean if emma if emma was on 2014 form i'd be saying completely different things but we just don't know there's a big question mark over emma pooley yeah, well, Emma, also you've got to remember that Emma has returned for the time trial primarily, and we'll talk about the time trial next week before yeah. the race happens yeah. because you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is the thing, but also then over over the top of all of that, you've got to remember that Lizzie started this year and was very open about it at the start of the year that she had two goals for the year, Flanders and the Olympics, and you know she doesn't like to leave things half done, so. No. But who else is there? Kasia Nieuwadoma, yep. young Polish rider, by far the best young rider in every classics rider we've seen her kill herself for her Rabolov teammates. I think Kasia Nieuwadoma could win here. Yep, yep. Oh, I certainly wouldn't be. What do you think of the Aussie team, Dan, as an Aussie? Amanda Spratt, Gracie Alvin, Rach Nalen and Katrin Garfett. Yeah, look, uh, there are some very strong riders there. Um, and and I think I think... You know, you could split hairs over... A, I'm saying that a lot tonight, I apologise. Um, but, you know, you could argue the merits, the relative merits of, of certain individuals back and forth a fair bit. But I think it's a pretty solid team overall. That said, um, I... Uh, you wish Chris Cromwell was there, don't you? I do. I really, I really, really do. Because who would you have left out? Who would you left out to put Tiff Cromwell in? I, I personally, I would not have taken Rachel Nalen and I'd have taken Tiff Cromwell instead. Spratty, though, I think this is a good course for Spratty. I think it's a good course for Spratty, but I was going to say, I, I think, think, I think the thing is that I, I also don't, like, I think it would take an exceptional amount of luck for an Australian to win on this course. Okay. Emma Johansson, her final season, one of her big goals. She's medalled in the Olympics before. She is the preeminent all-rounder. What do you think? Oh, look, it would be the, it would almost be the perfect story tale thing wouldn't it for her to if she got onto the top step of the podium at the olympics in in her this her retirement tour um holy shit that would be incredible but also don't think it's going to happen wouldn't rule she's going to come silver wouldn't rule her out for a medal because emma is exceptionally good as as you were saying earlier at at following the right moves following the right riders putting herself in the right place um so yeah definitely Okay, uh, the Germans, Claudia Lichtenberg, former Giro winner, who was fourth in the Giro um, overall. Lisa Brenauer, former ITT world champ. Romy Casper and Trixie Warwick. Romy Casper is a super domestique, but yeah. she's a flat rider. Again, I can see Romy killing herself on that flat section. Absolutely. What do you think? 
Oh, look, I think you know, you're 100% right. Romy can absolutely work for the team. Trixie is wily as a fox um, and and stuff. I mean, it, it, the fact that Trixie's back is is just insane to me. I mean, uh, for those who, who haven't been following for long and, and may not know, she was involved in a terrible crash back in March this year and she lost a kidney. So um, the fact that she's back and ready to compete at the Olympics is just fucking insane to me. But... Um, but there's no question she'll be a huge asset on the road. But, I mean, this is not a, a team without incredible skills anyway. Um, Lisa Brunauer, well, you know, again, we could find ourselves in a situation where, and this is this is really where it comes down to, as we've already talked about, um, the Dutch and the Italians um, are, are traditionally the teams that really grab races like this and worlds by the throat. Um, it's an opportunity if we find ourselves in a situation where those two teams are eyeballing each other a bit too much for someone like the Germans to do something disruptive. Oh, God. Can you imagine Trixie Warwick or Lisa Brunauer getting away in the wind? Because they are very, very, very good at the wind. He, they could get away in a... They could get in a... Let's say you have a group with Trixie Warwick, Amanda Spratt, um, Ashley Milman Passio, um, someone like that. Trixie wins the... Trixie wins the world the, the Olympic Games. Oh, it'd be incredible. I mean, except that and Claudia the, Luxemburg. Yeah, there's, oh, there's one remember. part about that scenario that's completely unbelievable to me, and that's that Emma Johansson wasn't in the group. Um, um, Emma Johansson <laughs> is too busy looking at the is too busy is too busy looking at the Dutch no, and the, no, and the, the Italians. No, it's Emma. She always follows the right move. Like, see, this is the thing. If I was an up and coming writer, um, you know, or if I was a DS with an up and coming writer, my advice would at the you know this year would just be follow whatever move emma follows no you see, you see eleanor eleanor Cicchini, i interviewed her last year and i and she said that she learned to she learned about when to go and when to make moves by following lucinda brand <laughs> <laughs> she decided that she decided to herself that lucinda brand always got into the right moves so she was basically going to write yep. next to lucinda brand and when lucinda brand went she was going to get in that move too <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and that's and why, no, that's why they call it doing your apprenticeship. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Ashley Mormon Passio and Claudia Lichtenberg, both of them in the, but both of them in Claudia in the, in the Giro, Ashley in the Aviva Women's Tour have, uh, I, what do you think? Can they oh, do it? Yeah, Can those climbers do it? Again, or do you think in the right circumstances they could, but I think for them that the, that right circumstance needs to be that sort of um, hodgepodge breakaway that, manages to get a you know let's say a 20 second gap over the top of a climb and then works really well together i can see i can see i can see romy casper i mean i can see lisa brunauer getting a medal here to be honest maybe it's a bit climby but then the descending and the running i can see a scenario where romy casper lisa brunauer trixie warwick were absolute havoc on the initial run-in and on the way back and Claudia Lichtenberg kills it on the climb because everyone else is too tired to follow. And look, this is one of the things that makes the Olympic race so interesting is because of the the smaller teams, even for the teams with the most number of riders, but also the shrinking team sizes, depending on, you know, your your federation and the number of points it managed to accrue, um, is that, that there's all these sorts of you know, opportunities for informal alliances um, that can really change the nature. And, and you know, it, it will take um, something like that to disrupt some of the bigger teams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pauline Frampervo? Uh Look, no, just not this year. No. Um, she's been injured all year. She's, she's uh, she, last year. She what last year. She was the first rider ever to hold the cyclocross road and mountain bike world champions jerseys all at the same awesome. time but she's been injured all the all year 
Um, Yolanda Neff from Switzerland is also, Port Fran Prevost and Yolanda Neff are both going for the road and mountain bike double. And I can see Yolanda Neff again get making a sneaky move while everyone else is watching them and escaping. Yeah, look, uh, that's possible, but it's going to, on this course, you, you're going to have to, like, you're only going to get one chance and then you're going to have to time it absolutely perfectly. Like, you know, it, it, there are... Oh, come on. You know you know that if I, you know that my dream is that people are just going again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, that's again your dream. But again the, the and point, again and again. Yeah, no, obviously that's your dream and that is what will happen. But my point is, is that whoever if anyone makes that work it's going to be because their particular attempt was the one that was like just just managed to get it absolutely right like this course one of the things you know the corollary to what we were saying earlier about it presenting so many opportunities to attack and do things is that it is utterly unforgiving if you make any mistake because there is someone else in that peloton who can catch back up to you yeah um, my 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 other dark horses are Alina Amilusic from Belarus, good bet for the top five, and Caroline Canwell is my dog is my dark horse. She's super domestic for bowls. She led out Megan Guarnier at the Maniunk Wall. She, everyone praised her domestiquing the yeah, Giro. Yeah, um, and you know what? Honestly, I reckon this is probably one of your best previews because of a race of sixty eight riders, we've managed to, <laughs> we've managed to only name twenty odd of them as okay, as potential chances. Who's gonna win? Um, look, my, Boss. Yeah, my head says Voss. To be honest, my my heart at the moment is leading towards Guarnier because I just think it would be fucking really cool oh, to see. Oh, you know, there's so many riders I love. You know, I my head, I, I Voss because it would be an amazing comeback from her terrible year. Yeah, Doma because she's just so much the rider for the future, and I just love her attitude. Uh, Elisa Longo Borghini, um, I'd love, I'd love Megan Guarnier, like you say. Oh God, I mean Georgia Bronzini winning it would be hilarious, oh, yeah. and and just in her last year. Um, everyone else, everyone else, yeah, you know, there's like, I mean, the Germans, uh, Trixie Warwick winning would be glorious. Lisa Brunauer winning, be, uh, there's so, so many. Uh, I'd love Ashley Millman to be to 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 to, to reclaim her terrible series season. I'd love Pauline Frampravo to reclaim her terrible season. Um, I'd love to see. Oh God, I'm, I'm I can't even remember who else. Oh God, if if Emma Pooley could prove everyone oh, wrong and won in a solo stop. move. Stop! Oh my God, we've already been through. Like, okay, so you want everyone to win, okay? Like, like it's, it's so okay. the race is on Sunday. I know, yeah, which is just on Sunday. fucking wrong. Because if you live in the civilized part of the world, that means it's Monday at like one well, morning at the start. Especially because it's like weird, um, weird, uh, what you know, weird timings, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, like, what's... it literally starts at like um, what's it? One fifteen a.m. and finishes at five thirty a.m. on Monday for me. So <laughs> I. I I honestly I I really really want to watch it, but I honestly don't know if I'll be able to. It's five hours behind. Rio is five hours behind um, Europe, um, and it's four hours behind the UK, and it's two hours ahead of of EDT. Oh, no, it's one hour ahead of yeah. um, ED, the EDT it's... time zone. So you have a horrible horrible time. Sorry, I Daniel. Have, I have the worst, but it's basically perfect Sunday night viewing for you. Oh, so... it's perfect Sunday night yeah. viewing so excited um so the the cycling it's it's here it starts at 4 15 in the uk uh 5 15 if you're in europe and yeah and it's um yeah yeah 
Yeah. Going to be very exciting. Yeah. Um, we will talk. We'll, we'll we'll do a podcast about it after the race, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it before the. Dan doesn't know that I'm saying this. Before the time trial, um, if you're wanting to know when the time trial is, let's just have a quick look. The time trial is on Wednesday, the 10th of August. Um, starts at 12:30 their time, which in Britain is four hours later. 4:30. Yeah, 4:30. Which is one thirty in the morning for you, darling. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll have podcasted before then. So, yeah. And we'll even got it up and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Any questions about the Olympics at all? Hit me up because you know I love it. Um, leave a message on our site, prowomenscycling.com, uh, where I'll put a proper viewing guide if I can get my act together. Um, and also talk to me at underscore pigeons underscore on twitter i'm not being very well for the whole month so i'm sorry yeah, I'm a bit, I, I had got really big plans to do loads of olympic coverage uh, and i no, can't no, no, no. poor sarah's I'm, had I'm, some some very unfortunate migraine trouble um but all of that said um by all means do do contact us on the site or via twitter you can also get me at dan w official uh also if you are in a giving mood and you should be um and would like to support all of the work that sarah does to help bring all of this information to us then you can go to patreon.com forward slash women's cycling and sorry this one was so long it was no it's the olympics it happens once every four years you can fucking deal with it like jeez if this race isn't worth an extra 20 minutes then what is like really (laughs) fuck thank you for listening dear 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 listener i appreciate you very much